The time approaches for the rebuilding of the third Jewish temple, which will be the world's harbinger of doom. The time approaches for the son of perdition, the Antichrist, to go into the third Jewish temple and declare himself God. Daniel chapter 9 and 11, Matthew 24, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The time approaches for Jesus Christ to return for his church when and where all the born again will be caught up to meet him in the clouds, 1 Thessalonians 4. The time approaches when the offer of salvation will be rescinded from all those who have heard the message of Christ and rejected it. They are doomed for all eternity, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The time approaches for the end of the world as we know it at the dread battle of Armageddon, Revelation chapter 16, excuse me. The time approaches where all the nations of the world were gathered together to attack Israel, Zechariah 14. The time approaches when Jesus Christ will return to this world to fight for Israel at the culmination of the battle of Armageddon. He will land upon the Mount of Olives, and there will be an earthquake the likes of which the world has never known, affecting the entire earth. Every mountain shall fall flat, every island shall disappear, and the walls of the cities will fall down flat. Revelation chapter 6 and 16, Zechariah chapter 14. The time approaches when all the world's armies that are preparing to destroy the final remnants of Israel, the seed of Abraham, will meet Jesus Christ, who will destroy them, destroy them all with the brightness of his coming, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Unparalleled hard times are approaching for this world, but be it known to all, God has made a way of escape, and that way is a person. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way of escape is defined in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To access the way of escape, one must be born again. John 3.3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you been born again? Do you wish to escape the terrible times that are coming and even your own eternal damnation? You can be born again in just a few minutes. At this place, everything changes. All your sin and its shame will be washed away and all of Satan's bondage is broken. Here, everything starts anew. If you follow me in this simple prompt, you will be born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. Are you ready? Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Genesis 5, 1 through 6, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam 
in the day when they were created. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived a hundred and five years and begat Enos. God said, Genesis 7, verses 1 through 4. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation of every clean beast. Thou shalt take to thee by sevens the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Man said, I have the attention span of a gnat. Don't ask me to think deeply. I'm playing my video game. Give it to me in small sound bites, and if I really need to know, I'll just ask my phone. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 973. That will without fail prove the full, perfect, and supernatural veracity of the Word of God. All of these solid rock features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the children and as a fishing platform for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Take advantage of four highly beneficial God Said, Man Said features. One, you have questions, God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number two, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It's so quick and easy. Three, imagine. You can download nearly 400 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. And number four, sign up for the God Said, Man Said weekly broadcast and fresh bread will be delivered to you, God willing, every Thursday Eve. Thank you for coming. May grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you and your house. The physical man eats physical food to grow and sustain his life. The spiritual man eats words. Thus, verses like Job 34, 3, For the ear trieth words, as the mouth tasteth meat. John six forty nine through 51, Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Revelation 19:13, speaking of Jesus Christ, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Everything depends on the words I eat. I need to take great care of the words I feed my spiritual man, being mindful that these words must be mixed with faith. I need to know God's word is true. 
because everything, yes, really absolutely everything, depends upon it. And as a result of our shallow understanding of the concept of everything, this is an understatement of considerable size. God's critics feel smug and secure in their criticisms, but unbeknownst to them, they lack the needed information to make a true analysis. God is a spirit, and this issue can only be spiritually discerned. The born-again were once where these critics are, but the critics have never been where we are. The born-again have considered and even once participated in these futile thoughts, but the critics cannot attain to the thoughts we now think. We fully understand carnal man, but carnal man cannot understand us. Only the new birth makes such a thing possible. Be of good cheer, saints. Our job is to show the sons of Adam what the sons and daughters of God look like. In this series called The Six Thousands, we are reviewing a solid sampling of current scientific research that clearly points to the 6,000-year-old earth. The millions and billions of years postulated by the unbelievers is built on the provably faulty foundation of evolution's theory of uniformitarianism. God said, man said, has published a host of young earth features, and we will review a sizable number, though nowhere near exhaustive, then add some of the latest research. When straightforward scientific research results come in and they are not massaged with evolution's bias, the 6,000-plus-year-old Earth is certified time and time again. The following excerpts are from the October 12, 2019 issue of Science News under the heading, DNA Traces Migrations into South Asia. A DNA study of unprecedented size has unveiled ancient human movements that shaped the genetic makeup of present-day South Asians. Those long-ago treks may even have determined the types of languages spoken in a region that includes what is now India and Pakistan. Ancient DNA has already suggested the Yamnaya, Eurasian herders who spoke Indo-European languages, reached parts of early Bronze Age Europe by about 5,000 years ago. Yamnaya-related ancestry appeared among South Asians between 3,900 and 3,500 years ago, a team reports in the September 6th issue of Science. The team analyzed DNA extracted from 523 skeletons excavated in Central Asia and northern parts of South Asia. These finds date from around 14,000 to 2,000 years ago. Comparisons were made with previously published examples of ancient DNA from across Eurasia and with present-day Eurasians' DNA. Genetic evidence plus archaeological evidence of farming tools indicates that Near Eastern farmers moved north through Asian mountain valleys into what's now Iran about 5,000 years ago, the researchers say. At the same time, DNA indicates that the steppe herders moved south through the same mountain corridors to reach the same area. No genetic trace of Near Eastern farmers appeared in 11 individuals who lived just west of South Asia and eastern Iran and Turkmenistan between 5,300 and 4,000 years ago. Instead, their ancestry came from ancient Iranians and Southeast Asian hunter-gatherers and resembled that of a 4,000 to 5,000-year-old individual from the Indus Valley Civilization, also called the Harappans, 
rich in college report, only September 5th in cell. DNA from Yamnea herders accounts for a minority of present-day South Asians' ancestry. Relatively small numbers of Indo-European-speaking migrants moved into South Asian communities between 4,000 and 3,000 years ago could have influenced the development of new forms of Indo-European speech, Franchetti suggests. Findings in the study in science do indicate that some mobile herders trekked from Europe to what's now India shortly after 4,000 years ago, influencing South Asian ancestry and languages, says Christian Christianesen, an archaeologist at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden, who did not participate in the study, end of quotes. Everything of note highlighted in this series happens in three-tenths of one percent of evo time if you start with evolutions up to two million years from Homo erectus, who exhibited a wide range of human behavior. According to geneticist Dr. J.P. Tompkins in the October 2019 issue of Acts and Facts, in addition to walking upright, Homo erectus also demonstrated skills ranging from watercraft construction and seafaring navigation, language and communication skills, to the development of organized living and occupational spaces and care for the elderly and weak. In three-tenths of one percent of Evo time, big measurable activity happened, including mass human migration, language development, animal domestication, human diversity, farming, helium diffusion, and much more, and of course, the worldwide flood. Hundreds of thousands of years, even millions, and nothing happens, and all of a sudden the move is on. Make sense to you? Skeptics challenge Noah's flood with statements like, if all this water fell from the sky, flooding the whole earth, where is the water? Columbia University researchers report that ocean levels were once 400 feet lower than they are today. If the earth were as smooth as a ball, it is calculated that the waters would be nearly two miles high above it. The claimed missing waters are here. As you continue on, keep in mind that according to Bishop Usher, Noah and his entourage boarded the ark on Sunday, December 7th, 2349 B.C. I believe that date is from the Julian calendar. According to an article reported in the January 1999 issue of Discover magazine titled 40 Days and 40 Nights, More or Less, a great flood of possibly noitic proportion did, did take place in ancient times. I'm quoting from the article. About 7,500 years ago, they're off by about 3,000 years, a flood poured 10 cubic miles of water a day, 130 times more than flows over Niagara Falls from the Mediterranean Sea into the Black Sea, abruptly turning the formerly freshwater lake into a brackish inland sea. The evidence has been slowly accumulating over the past five years. In 1993, William Ryan and Walter Pittman of Columbia University's Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory dug up cores of sediment from the bottom of the Black Sea. The core samples showed that the sea's outer margins had once been dry land and that it had been two-thirds its present size. Furthermore, over the entire sea bottom was a thin, uniform layer of sediment that could only have been deposited during a flood.
This past year, even more evidence came to light when researchers collected sediment samples from several new nearby sites. If there had been a flood, there would have been a flood everywhere, says Ryan, so we know that we had to find the same features. The same evidence that the Black Sea had been smaller. The new samples are consistent with that story, end of quote. In an article in the Smithsonian written by James Truffle under the heading Evidence for a Flood, he reports on the research of Columbia University geologist Ryan and Pittman. Truffle reports on the research that claims that antediluvian ocean levels were about 400 feet lower than they are today and that the east coast of the United States was 75 to 150 miles farther out than it is today and places like Manhattan and Baltimore would have been inland cities. Of course, this was a result of God opening the windows of heaven and pouring water down for 40 days and 40 nights. The core samples taken by Ryan and Pittman from the area of the Black Sea led them to believe that a flood of Noitic proportion actually occurred, although they don't make the complete jump to global. The following paragraph is from the Smithsonian. It was this event that Pittman and Ryan believed could be the flood recorded in the book of Genesis. The salt water poured through the deepening channel, creating a waterfall 200 times the volume of Niagara Falls. Anyone who has ever traveled to the base of the falls on the Maid of the Mist will have a sense of the power involved. In a single day, enough water came through the channel to cover Manhattan to a depth, to a depth of at least two times the height of the World Trade Center, and the roar of the cascading water would have been audible at least 100 miles away. End of quote. Now let's see what's happening on the other side of the earth in South America at the time of Noah's flood, which took place about 4,367 years ago. Geologist Dr. Timothy Clary reviews the latest research that absolutely certifies a global flood. The headline of his feature, published in the March 2017 issue of Acts and Facts, reads, South America shows the flood progression. Excerpts follow. New research confirms that the flood recorded in Genesis was global. It also reflects the exact step-by-step biblical account of the floodwaters progression. In previous articles, I described ICR's Column Project, a research initiative in which we are building a database of stratigraphic columns from across the world. At that point, we'd only completed North America and Africa compiling stratigraphic information for more than 1,100 boreholes, oil well bores, outcrops, cores, cross-section, and seismic data over these two great land masses. Most re- recently, excuse me, we've added 404 columns across South America, giving a total of over 1,500 compiled stratigraphic columns from around the world. This report describes some of the results of that study and gives compelling confirmation of the biblical flood account described in Genesis 7. What do we see? We show the thickness of the six mega-sequences across South America. The Salk is the earliest flood layer, followed by Tippecanoe, Kaskaskia, Abzaroka, Zuni, and finally the youngest uh, layer, Tejas. 
Note how the coverage of the continent steadily increases with each successive layer marketing the flood's progression. These data indicate the flood started out slowly, inundating limited areas at first, but increasing a little more each time as the first mega-sequences were deposited, perhaps during the first 40 days, Sauk, Tippecanoe, Kaskaskia. Later, during the deposition of the Absaroka mega-sequence, the coverage dramatically increased until the flood appears to have reached a maximum coverage level in the Zuni mega-sequence, possibly around day 150. Fittingly, this is the exact same maximum level observed across North America and Africa, indicating a truly global event. Finally, the Tejas mega-sequence seems to show the floodwaters receding post-day 150 of the flood and accordingly shows a similar coverage level to the Zuni. The geology of South America confirms God's word. The columns across the continent show a clear progression of the floodwaters, just as described in Genesis 7 and the quotes. According to archaeologist Bruce Massey, the life on earth was nearly wiped out several thousand years ago. The following information is quoted from the November 2007 issue of Discover magazine under the title, Did a Comet Cause the Great Flood? The story reviews discoveries made by environmental archaeologist Bruce Massey of Los Alamos National Laboratory. Massey believes that he has uncovered evidence that a gigantic comet crashed into the Indian Ocean several thousand years ago and nearly wiped out all life on the planet. What's more, he thinks that clues around the catastrophe are hiding in plain sight, embedded in the creation stories of cultural groups around the world. Massey's epiphany came while poring over Hawaiian oral histories regarding the goddess Pele and wondering what they might reveal about the lava flows that episodically destroy human settlements and create new tracts of land. He reasoned that even though these stories are often clouded by exaggerations and mystical explanations, many may refer to actual incidents. He tested his hypothesis by cross-checking carbon-14 ages for the lava flows against dates included in Royal Hawaiian genealogies. The result? Several flows matched up with the specific rains associated with them in the oral histories. Other myths, Massey theorized, hold similar clues. Massey's biggest idea is that some 5,000 years ago, a three-mile-wide ball of rock and ice swung around the sun and smashed into the ocean off the coast of Madagascar. The ensuing cataclysm sent a series of 600-foot-high tsunamis crashing against the world's coastlines and injected plumes of superheated water vapor and aerosol particulates into the atmosphere. Within hours... The infusion of heat and moisture blasted its way into jet streams and spawned super hurricanes that pummeled the other side of the planet. For about a week, material ejected into the atmosphere plunged the world into darkness. All told, up to 80% of the world's population may have perished, making it the single most lethal event in history. End of quote. Massey is getting close, but he is still short of the correct assessment. The great destruction cited by Massey is said to have happened at the end of the Permian period, where it is estimated that 70% of land species 
and 95% of ocean species were destroyed. They keep tripping over the truth, but refuse to acknowledge the obvious, end of quotes. Scientific research continues to pour in, and when the published timeline is void of evolutionary bias, you'll find a 6,000-year-old earth. God's word is true and righteous altogether and a place to build a life that will last forever. I have to know whether it's true or not. Everything depends on it. Everything. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Genesis 5, 1 through 6, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him, male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived a hundred and five years, and begat Enos. God said, Genesis 7, verses 1 through 4. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female. And of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yes, seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Man said, I have the attention span of a gnat. Don't ask me to think deeply. I'm playing my video game. Give it to me in small sound bites, and if I really need to know, I'll just ask my phone. Now you have the record.